welcome to the Chiropractic Life Podcast, where I'm delighted to sit down and create a platform for our team members to share their role, where they are now, and their lessons along the way. My name is Dominic Fung, and I'll be your host for today. Hey guys, Dom here from Chiropractic Life. Welcome back to another podcast of um, a Chiropractic Life podcast, also known as Table Talks. Today, I'm pretty honored to be able to welcome uh, Dr. Michael Paulson. Um, I've been a big fan of him since the very start and I'm sort of kicking myself that I only, this is only the third or fourth time we've sort of spoke, um, I guess, vocally. So Dr. Michael Paulson, welcome to the show, mate. <laughs> Cheers, man. Glad you've got some fans out there. <laughs> do, you like the, do you like the intro or no? Nah? Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. You're, you're, I think just on a lot of note, like you're, you're, you're a bit of a, it's hard to say. It's, you're a bit of a rock star in chiropractic life. It feels like you're a bit of a rock star. And I think one of the reasons why you're a bit of a rock star is because a lot of people really enjoy working with you. Would you? And, and I, I, I've already asked them why they like working with you. But why do you think people really do enjoy working alongside you, man? Uh, probably just because I get shit done, essentially. <laughs> um, I I'm pretty high energy. I'm pretty... Um, pretty onto what I want to achieve with chiropractic personally, professionally. So I suppose it's just like at the moment, you know, I, I just do what I need to do most of the time. Um, and I suppose I don't expect any of, you know, the corp service team marketing, anything to, to build me a practice or anything like that. You know, I know it's massively a, a team effort. Yeah. So yeah, I can ask them what they want, uh, what I want rather. Um, and yeah, I suppose I expect them to do it. Um, to a degree, if they mm-hmm. don't do it, I'll follow up on it. And it's, it's the same thing, you know, um, yep. Steph and Lizzie, especially, you know, if I don't do something, they'll get onto me and get me to do it. But typically it's, yeah, it's pretty give and take. I think. I think, I think the biggest thing as well is like, how, the best thing about the marketing team is that they've got full accountability. And I think it only works really well when there's, it's a two way street in terms of you, you're, you're sort of taking account of the work that you have to put in and you're also expecting them to put the work in together. And when both side of the party are both accountable and both putting in the work it, do you think that's, that's a bit more smooth the process or do you think that's like a do you think that that's how everyone should adapt that when they're working with the marketing team yeah absolutely man i think from early on like i was pretty lucky i grew up um being adjusted since three days old um mm. so i've been around chiropractic and i've got some really good mentors like my chiropractor michael troy was in practice for 40 plus years you know massive mm. family practice um, sort of, I got exposed to Mark Fossils really early on because he's good mates with my chiropractor. So I think from, from early on, I had expectations around, um, what chiropractic was, but also that you, you can't just have expectations in your mind and not actually talk to people about them. I think that's a big thing, you know, with, with anyone coming into the company, um, like, yeah, it's a big company. So I think if you've got expectations, but you don't voice them you can get, I suppose, lost to a degree because there's so much, so much noise. Um, so like when I, from day one, when I started talking to ads, started talking to them about moving over from NZ to here, I think I made my expectations pretty, um, pretty clear around it. And they were reciprocal with that. So I kind of knew exactly what I was getting into um, to a degree. And I was, there's always unknowns, but I think it's just, yeah, laying out your expectations, hearing what expectations someone else has, um, and then you're pretty much on the same page, right? It's like when you're doing a report of findings and I see as well. Yeah. You've got to say, you know, hear what their expectations are or what they want out of care, but then you've got to lay down those, those, the, the law essentially and be like, Hey, this is what we expect out of care. Um, and you know, when we're going through corrective care plans, be like, you know, break it down for them. So they know where they're going to be at through the first, you know, three mm. months. Mm. It's just, it's, it's so important to map out your life and what you sort of want. You know, I think the hardest stage, and you can probably back up me up on this and we're sort of understanding this as we are more and more people is that where there isn't a clear expectation of what's going on, you know? And I think yeah. the overarching thing as well is that it's almost a fear of expectation because if, if there's a fear of like not being able to hit that and, and, and having to, to have that self scrutiny, if that makes sense, like you're so hard on yourself being like, well, if I don't make plans and I want to make expectations, then if I don't hit it, then who cares? If yeah. that makes sense. But when it's out there on the, on a blank piece of paper being like, this is what I need to do. And this is what I want to do. It, be, it gives you, it gives you a bit more direction. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. A bit more direction, a bit more accountability. I definitely need that direction for sure. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Like <laughs> it, and I think just making peace with the fact that it's not going to be linear. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> that's something I've learned over the last few years, the last couple of years as well. Yeah, like it, it's it, we we think that it's going to happen in this time frame, and then along the way, you're like, maybe it won't. I think maybe yeah. it might might be a little bit late, or, or it might go the other way and be like, I put this expectation on this this time, but it actually happened a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. There's always that, right? So you just got to have expectations, but also roll with it. And know that life happens, and there's a lot of stuff outside your control that you can't deal with. Mm. And I love that thing you said about noise as well. Let's, let's yeah. like delve into that because I think that's like really, really important. Like you're coming into a big, you've, you've grown up with chiropractic, non are pretty gangster chiropractors out there. Then you come into a company with a lot of chiropractors. Like what do you think the main noises are that could potentially be a distraction? Um, I suppose it's just, again, if you're not clear with those expectations, right? Like if you, you know, if you ask someone for help, um, like last minute, and you expect them to be hard to drop everything and help you. That's never really going to happen. Um, and hey, all the corp services team is amazing, gets you done pretty, pretty bloody quickly. But it's just, yeah, I think if you kind of don't go out of your way and hassle them sometimes, yeah, especially if you're trying to get onto like Linda Smith or Mim, they're mm. busy people or even Adam, right? Mm. They're impossible to get onto a lot of the time. So you just got to keep hounding them and not, you know, feel like you're, you're annoying them. Cause yep. you're not, it's just like, Hey, you know, getting onto the people um, and just knowing who does what within the company, I think was the biggest thing for me, knowing who to directly talk to yep. um, about certain stuff or getting them to um, getting them to point you in the right direction. So like with all the Facebook groups, I think that's been, that's evolved even a lot in the last just under a year that I've been with the company. Um, and I think there's a lot more, it's a bit more systematized and the responses and that sort of stuff are, are way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, again, it's just, yeah, knowing what you want, knowing who to talk to and being able to be like, hey, if, it, you know, if I don't get the answer I want right now, just mm-hmm. to follow it up with a week. Yeah. And I think that's the, I think there's a really valuable thing to learn from that. It's like, it's, it's like sometimes to get the ball rolling and sometimes to actually um, get to where you want to be is pretty much just asking the question. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know? that's, my old man always said, just ask the question. All I can mm-hmm. say is no. Yeah. And look, most of the time, if there's something within the company that they don't have an answer to, they'll actually be able to find out for you. Yeah. You know? absolutely. Unless, yeah. I think no one will ever have all the answers for you, obviously just in life and in chiropractic and running a practice, but most of the time you're putting in a, in a better direction on trying to find those answers. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, man. Mm. And I think uh, one of the main things that we sort of um, really, um, really like working with you is that once you find the answers, you're, you're ready to go. Hey, and just yeah. actioning that, like just, just being able to be like, yep, i got the answers. Let's just get into it. Yeah, absolutely, mm. man. I, and that's, I suppose that's a big, you know, something that's just been throughout, like it's my personality, right? It's just, Hey, kind of, I don't overthink shit. I try and get stuff done. I'm mm. not a little details sort of person. So yep. I'll just grab an idea, run with it and see where it goes really. See where it goes. And most of the time it pays off. Yeah, most, most, yeah, of, the most time. of the time. Yeah, and it doesn't like, it's like, well, we just have to learn from it, don't we? Don't we? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing. I love starting with that and, and the fact that you brought up your, 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 your life growing up and, and all that jazz. And I think being incorporated with chiropractic from a young age, do you think, um, was, there certain, was there certain pressure or do you think it really did alleviate the pressure and probably gave you a bit of a head start? Yeah. Uh, Probably gave me a head start, but I wouldn't say it relieved the pressure. So yeah, um, yeah, but, I think that was an interesting question. I'm actually really, <laughs> I'm really glad you're going to say next. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know I like I grew up. Mum and dad were just always supportive of whatever I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, I went through a phase when I was 13. I was like, cool, I'm going to become a carpenter in the army. Uh, Mum didn't like the army side of things too much, but other than that, I've been supportive of pretty much all my other sort of ideas. But I decided I wanted to be a chiropractor when I was 14. Yeah. Um, I went to, I was sort of on holidays with my Cairo. He was like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a physio. He was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um, And I was like, I went to health and sport. um, And that's what I want to do. And he was just like, Hey, have you ever thought about chiropractic? And I was like, nah, I haven't. So I think it was just so close to home. Yeah. Yeah. I just got adjusted. I just knew Mm. innately growing up that it was healthy. And I knew that it had nothing to do with my spine. Uh, like I just went to the chiropractor to get adjusted and I just knew that I was always better off with mm-hmm. it. And that was essentially chiropractic for us. So he, he paid for me to go to a couple of DG seminars, but the first one I went to, um, 
walked in up in Brizzy and I think Bruce Lipton was one of the first speakers. And I was just like, this is epic. Loved it. Um, so when I was 14, I was like, cool, I'm going to become a chiropractor. Um, and that was it. So mum and dad just supported me. Michael, my chiro was like, hey, go to New Zealand. Mum and dad were like, sweet, we're going to send you to New Zealand if that's where you want to go. Because it's the it was the best place or is the best place, depending on who you talk to. I think it's, you know, <laughs> I think I got an awesome education. I'm so stoked that I went there. Mm. Um, yeah, so I suppose just with that, knowing what I wanted to do from such an early age, I always... I always had an understanding of what that meant for me. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than I think a lot of people um, and a lot of people in New Zealand to sort of speak on my experience there, you know, they had sort of no idea. And then last minute they were kind of just like, Oh, I didn't get into what I wanted to do in uni or mm. they were kind of in health science. And mm. someone was like, Hey, you know, go be a chiropractor. And they're like, cool. And I'd never been to a chiropractor. I didn't really know much about chiropractic. So I think it's, some people get into the the profession with the expectation that you're just going to you know, hang chiropractor up on your door and everyone's going to come flooding in. No. Yeah. I mean, you learn yeah. pretty quickly when you finish uni, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Extreme, Absolutely. Man. Extremely quickly. Yeah. And I think, Oh, that's like a really valuable thing as well. Like when you're young, especially when you're 13, 14, especially from my personal experience, it's like if you're absorbed into things that you're just brought up with, it's almost like in that teenage sort of area, it's like almost natural to want to get away from that. Does that make sense? And not because yeah. you don't love where you, where you came from. You don't love the people who supported you and, and giving you all these things. It's just like, you're, you're almost that you're, you want to be your own person. Does that sort of make sense? So it's, it's really hard to be like, Oh, I'm brought up on this and this is where I want to go because it's all, you know, and it's not exciting. And um, yeah, it's probably why you were like, wanted to go be a carpenter in the army. Oh, how quickly that changed. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I went to yeah, one DG I'm... and was like, nah, that's it. That's out the window. Yeah. I'm sorry. I would have lasted in the defense force, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I would have lost as a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, and one of the things as well is like, which is, would have been beautiful for your growth. And please, if, if, if there is any um, things against this, please, because I actually want to know your journey through this. It's like, you're, you had to move to a different location, but you still was, was attached to your roots, if that makes sense. Like you brought up a yeah. chiropractic, but then you had to move to a new location. Do you think that's like a, an invaluable experience, do you think? Or was that just like, um, was that just like, oh, well, uh, well, that was the best place I want to go? Uh, both. Yeah, um, yeah. So again, I decided when I was 14, I think I applied to NZCC when I was 15. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, so can finish school and pre-reacts <laughs> will let you in, right? Um, so I pretty much got, I suppose, conditionally accepted on that basis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then didn't really think about it again. So I was just yeah. like, cool, I'm going to New Zealand, going to be a chiropractor. And then where it really hit home was I moved just after my 18th birthday. So um, end of Feb, uh, the year after I finished school. So I moved straight over to New Zealand to do my pre-reacts at AUT. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I knew two people in New Zealand. So I just kind of got there and I was like, shit, what's going on? Mm, mm. Um, and I was like, oh, what have I done? Like, I still wanted to be a chiropractor. I was still super, um, super enthused about that. But I suppose studying at AUT where you're removed from the chiropractic college, I wasn't, I didn't have a great, I suppose, chiropractic support network. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of like, oh, shit. So I moved back home after my prerequisite year. Mm -hmm. uh, back to Brisbane, trying to just uh, to chill out and mentally get my head around moving back. Yeah. Um, and then moved back and went guns blazing. And I think it was then that was the invaluable experience. Oh, um, right. Yep. 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 To be able to be like, hey, now I'm back. I suppose it made me grow up quite a bit faster. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. Um, yeah. Being man. in a different country where, again, you don't have a big support network, you don't you don't have mom and dad to go home to yeah. on the yeah. weekends. And that's something I was always super jealous about, you know, mates would go home school holidays or <laughs> yeah. on the weekends, just take the laundry, go get a home cooked yeah. meal, all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. So I think it, it made me grow up and um, a lot faster than probably I would have if I'd like stayed in Brisbane, for example, and done something else and lived at home. You gain independence. And that's yeah, the biggest thing. yeah. Independence. Like, I mean, we uh, we're so lucky in a way that our parents just do so much shit for us. Yeah. constantly like constantly I went, I went home the other the weekend for three days and i was just like whoa this is the life everything cooked for me you know she had my suit ready dry cleaned all that kind of stuff like it's, <laughs> it's like so convenient and like why would you want to let go of that you know but then yeah it, 
it's interesting you say that because then I took a year off and went traveling in Central America and, and, and did New York for a little bit as well. And I, I reckon that was the biggest game changer. You know, it was just like yeah. came back and I was just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm actually ready to do my own shit. Like I can actually survive by myself. Yeah, and I think for me as well, going to student clinics, so I would have been what, 18, 19, 20, 21, I think, mm-hmm. when I, if I went straight through into student clinic. I'm just like, man, I wouldn't take advice from 21-year-old me. Why, yeah. would, why would the paying public, you know? Um, so yeah. I went through a little bit older and I just think that that maturity and that just I yeah. age that comes with time um, definitely benefited me while I was in the, the student clinic over in NZ for sure. That is so funny that you say that. Like 21. <laughs> it's like I've made so many bad decisions over the weekend and now I'm trying to like, uh, give people advice. I'm like, I, I fucked up eight times over the weekend. I don't know how I'm like now giving people the paying customers advice. Like, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I was hungover to get it out of it to like 11 o'clock on Sunday. Don't listen to me about help. Exactly. 100. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Because like, you know, when you're in that age, like that's just, that's just how it is, you know? Like, and, and there's, there's no, it was a fun time. It was a really fun time. And it was, it was nice not to have anything serious. And I think when you get dragged out of your comfort zone and like being away from family and friends and all that kind of stuff, knowing that, Oh shit, I need to gain my independence. Then going back and being like, okay, like why am I back? You know, like why am I back at the end of it? Like when you first move back, you're like, Oh, this is the, you know, familiarity. I'm back seeing my family and friends. And then you, you kind of like, Oh, but I'll still have that taste of something more. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. So so yeah, I loved, I love going to New Zealand. I think it, yeah, definitely made me grow up and I suppose just not expect things to happen. Mm. And that's, that's probably a personality trait that you probably gain going into practice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm, big time. So back in New Zealand, um, how long were you there? Like all up, like even if you went back and forth, like how, how uh, long was, was So first time I moved there was 2011 and then I moved over last year back to Australia. So like 10, yeah. 11 years, whatever that works out to be. Wow. Jeez, yeah. it's a long time, hey? Yeah. It's a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you, took a while to settle in? Or was it? Uh, I hated Auckland. I still hate Auckland. I'd never live there again. Um, <laughs> beautiful place to, it's a cool place to visit. Like, you know, can't beat it on a good day, that old saying. Because um, mm. it's on the harbor, it's beautiful. Um, and like our, our last year at Cairo College was sick. Like, we had way less classes, we had way more spare time, and it was just hanging around with friends. But um, yeah, I wouldn't want to live in, live in Auckland again. Yeah. But, in New Zealand, like down in Mount Monganui, which where I was practicing after um, after college, um, it's epic, man. If the mm. weather was slightly better and it had better waves, I'd be there for sure. Mm. Yeah, uh, my fiance is from there as well, which which helps. Um, yeah. So I got family back there, but um, yeah, loved it over there, man. You can't badmouth it too much because she's from no. there. You've got to be really careful what you say. Right. I'm, the, I'm the only Aussie in the family, so <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of stick. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, a few things. Obviously, you're finishing uni with a little bit of freedom. Did you did you transition from that to to move from Auckland to the the first practice that you were practicing in? Was that a, a, a smooth process? Do you think, or or how did you sort of stumble upon <laughs> that? Yeah, yeah. Me- so, uh, so I actually was meant to move over to Scotland to Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, straight after college, so I went over there halfway through my fourth year, um, and got offered a job um, with Ross McDonald who's the president of the Scottish Association, which I was like, epic. He, he's vitalistic. He loves, you know, subluxation and uh, yeah, vitalistic chiropractic. So I was like, yeah. cool. I, I love football. Um, Arsenal is my team, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so it's been a rough 15 to 20 years since like, we were invincible. But um, anyway, uh, that's, another, that's another podcast. Um, so at that time, like I got into chiropractic again, wanting to work with athletes. So yeah. it, I was like, my, my big dream, my big goal was to be had a, a chiropractor for us. That was, mm. that was it. Um, mm. So Ross, he was a chiropractor to some of the Scottish Premier League sides. Um, he was the chiropractor to the Springbok uh, rugby team yeah. for I think eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to two World Cups with him and I was like, this dude is going to help me achieve where I want to be because he was vitalistic chiropractor working with top teams rather than sports chiro doing soft tissues, scraping, all, yeah, that, all yeah. that sort of stuff, right? So It was rare, very rare. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I started doing um, like the fixed course postgrad while I was in my last year of Cairo College and went to one seminar and I was like, throw that in the bin. That's horrible. I don't even mm. care about that qualification. It was so far away from what I wanted to do. But mm. So um, I sat my GCC, um, the, the test of competence to get in um, to the UK and essentially failed that outright. Mm. So there was a few... Um, yeah, in pretty sort of shady circumstances. So mm. GCC, uh, not subluxation-based at all, right? Mm. So coming from New Zealand, uh, subluxation-based college, vitalistic college, uh, going to work for pain in GCC's ass, which is Ross, because they don't get on at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a couple of factors there. And with what happens with that is they pass or fail you but you can fail with like conditionally and they're like, Hey, you don't actually know enough on this. You can um, go to a seminar, like say extremities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and go to that, write a sort of, like self-reflective essay sort of thing and logic to them. And they'll be like, cool, you're all good to come practice. But for me and another NZCC grad, we just got failed outright. There's no recordings, anything like that. So mm-hmm. um, that was a pain in the ass. Mm. Um, so yeah, I graduated. I was like, cool, moving to Scotland. I'd kind of moved some stuff there already. Um, did the test, had to go back to Australia for something. And, uh, yeah, found out while I was in Australia that shit, I failed. Mm. So I was like, what do we do? So we're like, how are we going to appeal it? But we actually had nothing to appeal because it doesn't get recorded. Mm. Um, so I was kind of like, shit. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was dating someone in New Zealand at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just went over there and I was like, cool, I'll just chill out in New Zealand because um, that that was home essentially for me yeah, you know, over yeah. there now. So yeah. Um, so, yeah, put the word out and then got the got – uh, I was pretty lucky. Um, I got to choose sort of between like 15 different opportunities because I was just that one person that was looking for, uh, for a job at a good time. Once yeah. everyone else had had their op. So, yeah, decided to move down to the mountain and that was pretty smooth sailing since mm. then. It's funny. I didn't actually know that story. It's actually a really interesting story in terms of your journey. And I think it's a, oh, it's, 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 it's flavorsome. I can't think of a better word to say that. It's like flavorsome yeah. because it's like when we want board people and we want people to work for us, it's like we need people with a, a certain amount of setbacks in life. Yeah. A certain yeah. amount of detours, you know, it's not just a linear thing. It's zigzag. It's backwards, four steps, and then forward sides, and then it's sidestepping here and there. And I think that's like probably why, like, I mean, I don't mean speaking in half of you, it's probably why you're so, you just want to get shit done because you, you're like, well, if it doesn't work, like what's the worst that can happen? Like I've been through it. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's true. I, I think that's even like before all that stuff, I was kind of just like, Hey, shit happens. Yeah. Um, and, and just make but- peace with it. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I don't get too stressed about stuff yeah, um, yeah. or hang on to stuff. Like that's just, again, my person, it's just been me um, mm, since, mm. since like school. So I never, you know, studied overly hard at school. I was just like, oh, I'll pass. It'll be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I did, I got through and, and And that was kind of pretty casual, laid back sort of vibe. So I'm driven in a way, but I'm also really chilled and laid back and don't, don't hold on to stuff. Mm, just knowing that it will probably work out eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And knowing yeah. takes time. Knowing it yeah, takes time. Yeah. It's it's not it's never going to be an overnight thing. It's never just black and white. It's actually a, a genuine like a time and patience thing, and it'll eventually work out. Um, so this yes. is, it's a it's an amazing personality trait to have, and it's probably why it, it, people it's a pleasure to work with you if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. Um, so you were there practicing in your first gig, uh, yep. moving a bit down south to New Zealand. Um, how was that experience? Like, what, what was that practice like? What, did you, what skills did you sort of gain from there, do you think? Yeah, so I suppose like most stuff, right? Like, you know, you, <laughs> you graduate from Cairo College and you're like, sick, I'm going to be, I know, I know all my shit, I'm a chiropractor. And then first day in practice and you're just like, God, man, I don't actually know that much. <laughs> um, or how to, how, to put it into, how to put it into, you know, practice and be successful, right? So, um, yeah, the practice was good. Like for the first first year, it was, it was awesome. But I just felt overall, I felt like I outgrew that practice pretty quickly. Cool. Yeah. Um, loved yeah. loved New Zealand. Uh, mm-hmm. Loved the mount where uh, where 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 we're living. Um, but I just definitely think that I I had bigger goals, and I, the the practice wasn't changing in the way that was going to support me to hit those goals. Mm. Um, mm. And that was. 
yeah, just certain things. I was like, hey, can we start doing this? Or I started implementing by myself kind of procedurally and the CAs were doing it for me. Yeah. Um, and it was working and then I was kind of sh- not fully shut down, but it just sort of delayed everything uh, and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, so after a couple of years, I just felt like I wasn't getting mm. much back from uh, from it. And it was, yeah, I suppose delaying where I wanted to go. So then I suppose where everything kind of kicked off was during covid whatever year it started, I can't even remember, but we were uh, in New Zealand, we were locked up for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, chiro- or, uh, chiropractic couldn't help, uh, couldn't work. Allied Health were all shut down. So dentists, physios, chiros. Um, yeah. So I suppose I just did a lot of thinking about life really. Yeah, I think, um, I think- and that's where I think I definitely started to realize pretty quickly that I had outgrown that mm. particular role and that particular practice. Um, so I kind of, from there was like, Hey, I'm going to open my own practice. Mm. And that was sort of the plan in New Zealand. I was like, cool, going to open a practice, which was oh, no, 10 Ks from where I was, um, one of the biggest suburbs in, in our city. Um, and wanted to yeah open up as a really big family prenatal pediatric focused practice. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the government over there just loves throwing taxes at everyone and mm. the way that the the rental market so leasing a building in that area for something half decent i was looking at you know 80 90 grand a year mm, um yeah and the way that government was going around covid is the elimination i was like there's not a lot of certainty mm, so that's mm. kind of when we're like oh well, maybe let's move to australia and and uh go from there and then that's how i ended up here i think you had a a burning desire even before walking into that practice correct and yeah, i think yeah. being being in that practice for a couple of years, then COVID hitting as well, probably not at that even more. Yeah. yeah. And I think like in, I've always, like my chiropractor was high volume. So that's <laughs> just, that's just what I thought was chiropractic. Norm. Like that, norm. Yeah. And I, mm. that excited me, you know, the, the energy, the volume, the, just like what he did. So I've always grown up with chiropractors seeing volume. Like mm-hmm. I think his busiest days or 150, 200 visits in a day. Mm. Um, and you know, for, my whole time growing up, he was seeing 300 to 400 plus a week. Mm. So that's always something that I've really wanted to, to, to strive towards. So yeah. when I was building nicely, but then there was setbacks along the way, which I felt anyway, um, the, that were limiting my growth and potential. That's where I started to get a little bit frustrated, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And being around that kind of environment, it's super contagious. Hey, look, I remember, yeah. I remember like, I mean, my story's probably a bit different from yours in a way that I probably didn't witness that until the very end of uni, you know, yeah. like my, and then all of a sudden your perspective changes and you go up there and you see people like Adam McKenzie run practice and, and Lockie and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, Whoa, like this is contagious. And, and the reason why it's contagious is because it gives you a bit of a platform being like, I can probably do this. Yep. It seems yeah. it seems possible, you know, and, and you're just like almost obsessed with it. You're like, well, this is this is this is great. This is the best thing ever. Yeah. So yeah, um, and I I get distracted. Well, not distracted, but I I'm pretty like high energy <laughs> on the board. You can say right? distracted, so, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> you can say no, it's fine. So I just think like you know, for me, I've always got to be doing something. Yeah. yeah I suppose yeah. that I suppose that's the better the better way to phrase it. So mm. I'm just like for me, just naturally seeing volume. Yeah. Is it suits my personality. So that's, um, yeah. So that's something like even now, you know, working the two practices, it was good. Cause I built up, you know, volume semi quickly. Yeah. But with the two practices now I'm kind of like, I feel like that's hindering my growth now to, to really mm. excel the, to that next level, yeah. um, which I could potentially do by moving focus more into, into that into, one thing. Yeah, the one exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I want to get into that because I think that's, that's one of the, the, the really um, interesting topic, especially people coming out and, and actually they are running two practices because there is yeah. multiple, there is multiple chiropractors out there who, who are, and there's definitely multiple chiropractors in a company that are doing that. Um, before we get there though, we're going we're to try to try to just sort of understand, because I think it's really interesting what you're saying. It's like, you had that burn desire that you, you, you want it more. You know, yep. there's something that there's more to this, you know, there's more goals that I want to set and achieve in my career. And I want to get there as quickly as possible. Yeah. hundred percent. How, how did you think, 
when you got established in chiropractic life, like when you yep. sort of known about us and seen us, like how, what was the thing that dragged you? Like what, what, what got, got you engaged and curious about what we did and how did you think that that was going to be a platform for you to reach those goals? Um, well, talking to ads pretty much. So <laughs> <laughs> it was honestly like moving to Australia was kind of something you always sort of thought about and like, Oh, we might do it in a few years, but uh, a mate from Wellington, um, from Chiropractic, he was moving to Australia mm-hmm. and um, actually to Glenelg, which is where one of my practices are now. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, cool, moving to Oz. And I, I spoke to Dev and Dev's like, why don't we go? And I was like, serious? And she's like, yeah, well, if you can find like something that you want to move over there for, like I'll, I'll come over. She works in corporate sort of stuff, that world. So it's fairly easy, well, simpler for her to get a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not so location specific. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, within 48 hours, I'd t- spoken to a few different chiropractors and spoke to ads. I was actually Friday afternoons off. So I was playing golf, having a, re- a game of, uh, a round of nine holes uh, and ads called me. And, um, I suppose it was just his, his vision. Yeah. yeah. That's something that like, I love chiropractic mm-hmm. and that's, that's why I do what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I got into chiropractic cause I love the, the philosophy behind it, like all about it. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it was talking to someone that was so passionate about chiropractic. Mm-hmm. That's what really was like, Hey, if the, the guy in the driving seat loves it mm-hmm. and that's how he runs the company, yeah. um, that's going to give me the platform to, to hit those levels. Mm. Um, and that was pretty much it. And I called Dev up pretty much that afternoon. Uh, we went out for dinner that night and we we're like, cool, we're going to Adelaide. And she's like, really? And I was like, yep. So she started crying because she'd had like 12 hours to think about this. Um, yeah, yeah. Your shit now. Okay, yeah. we're going. All right, everything yeah. in the luggage, we're getting the fuck out of here. Let's yeah, go. and we had like, I think like eight weeks, eight, nine weeks. My contract was finishing up, so it was perfect time anyway. Yeah, right. um, and it was just kind of like, cool, we're leaving. Uh, oh, your, poor, she, your poor partner. I love that. Yeah, she loves it. It was just, she cried for like 10 minutes and then was stoked about it. She got over it really quickly. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I bought a dinner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It probably looked that. like I was breaking up with her around the dinner and she just starts crying. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so I suppose it was just his vision and his mission and his love for, for chiropractic and people. And that's, that's, I suppose, what I want to achieve, but not with 40 practices and all that stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i like yeah. i like work like work-life balance or that's yeah. where i see myself it's going another, anyway. it's another different podcast man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, the, like the arsenal one that we're probably going to do in a, in a few yeah. in a few weeks <laughs> <laughs> i think there's there's a thing that i, I sort of wanted to, 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 to sort of ask as well in terms of what you were telling me it's like you obviously do you think it like it made it easier for you to accept the chiropractic life offer and moving um, after being in a practice prior to that, do you think it would have been different if that was offered to you straight after uni? Got some good questions here. Hey? Yeah. Just like, yeah. <laughs> at gunpoint. <laughs> I think, uh, I think into the practices that I've moved into. Yes. Okay, I gotcha. probably wouldn't have, I still graduated still knowing that I needed to learn a lot and I still yeah. feel like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I still know there's so much more for me to, for me to learn. And I think that's why now I really like chiropractic life because you get that support, but you also get that or not autonomy to be like, Hey, essentially go run the business. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about paying the bills so you can fail and it's not the end of the world. right? Oh, man, um, that, like, <laughs> I have the exact same mindset going in as well. Yes. Like, like as much as, as much as autonomy and like full ownership was a scary thing, it also made it pretty fun. Yeah. That makes sense. Like it's like, I, the only thing that would, would have hurt you was your ego and your pride when you stuff things up. Yeah. When you try something and you're like, that yeah. did not work at all. I was like foolish to even think that like, it doesn't hurt you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, but then, then you learn really quickly being like, okay, well, let's not do that ever again. It was a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then when you figure out a thing because of autonomy and, and, and figure out a thing that actually works, it is so exciting because you just like go to bed and you're like, I cannot wait to do that shit again and again and again and again. Yeah, so I think definitely like what I learned in the three years, three years, four years, whatever I was uh, in New Zealand, that gave me the confidence then to you know come mm. over here and be able to be like, hey, I've got this. I can definitely get these two practices that were since both pretty shit when I took them over. Yeah. Um, well, one was one was a good practice, but low really low volume. The other one was a pretty shit practice, pretty crap 
crap volume as well. So yeah. um, there were two different kettles of fish. Um, and that, I suppose that's uh, been a big challenge. But man, if I, if I took them over straight out of college, I'd probably you know, still be seeing 40 a week, which I yeah. took them over at or whatever it was. Mm. I think it's a good way to take me into to, to actually running those two practices. Yeah. Like I think I've, I've been like sort of really excited about like actually talking about this because it's like, how, how long have you been doing this now? Like, let's just say the two and where is it? Where, where are those two, two locations? Yeah, so how far away both, from each other? Both in Adelaide. Um, yeah. So prospect and Glenelg. So prospects kind of North of the city. Glenelg is kind of South East on the, on the coast. Yeah. Um, there are, I'm lucky, which we fluked it and I just landed straight in the middle of both the practices because I was actually meant to be Glenelg and Mount Barker, which I'm so glad it didn't happen because the travel time would have been ridiculous. Mm, uh, mm, but mm. we live in a place called Plimpton. So Glenelg from my place is about 12 minutes. Prospect is about 15 to 20. Perfect. Right, um, right in the center. Yeah, absolutely. So most days I can pop home for a quick lunch between the practices. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, between them. So travel time is not too bad. Uh, pretty mm. lucky with that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, took them over and yeah, we've been building, which is cool. So let's, let's go through like so pretty much the start in terms of like getting this those two practices. Were those two practices pretty much car aloft or, or, or was it not? Uh, you so, had to do it? Yeah. So they yeah. just been taken over. Right. Um, yeah. so car life was just purchasing them essentially. Yeah. Um, and in the process of purchasing them when I came over for that. So um, yeah, the, the practice in Glenelg used to be a, a big, um, CBP practice. So it used to be seeing like four, 400 plus a week because people would drive from everywhere to get traction and mm. all that sort of stuff. Um, and then Kyra bought it, that Kyra was meant to stay in practice transition stuff, but he died, uh, he passed yeah. away. Um, so that kind of, and then there was a, a string of things. So that practice pretty much dropped pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that practice was pretty good, 40, 50 a week when yeah. I walked into it. Um, and it was one of those practices that had, you know, one week it was like 70, then the next week it was 40. Yeah. Just, that's, no, yeah. hundred yeah, percent. I, I get what you're saying in terms of like that consistency of practicing. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. prospect the other practice, um, that's, uh, that again, used to be a fairly busy practice maybe 10 years ago. And it's been a chiropractic office practice for, for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I took that over from a maternity locum that was meant to be there for three months, ended up being there for nine months. And she had a practice in the city. So she was doing 60 plus hours a week. Wow. Um, yeah. So she'd like do a morning shift at that practice, go into her own practice in the city, do like a lunch shift and then go back to, yeah, back wow. to that. And she did it for nine months and she did dry needling and had a massage guard and stuff like that. So again, took these two practices over at kind of, yeah, pretty low levels well, yeah. um, and, and just different. so, yeah. And so different, different to, yeah. to how I practice, right. Or mm. how chiropractic practices. It's not just different in terms of how we practice it. It's different in terms of going from one practice, which is, is established in a different way from the other practice as well. If that makes yeah. sense. Like you got to take, you know, if you delve into deeper, like, yes, it's obvious that those two practices weren't really the way we do things, but they're also um, established from the ground in two different levels. If that sort yeah. of makes sense. So, was there a bit of a challenge in terms of like, like, like turning on your energy? Was it different energies between two practices? Do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. So I was fairly lucky. The practice in Glenelg, I've got a kick-ass CA. She's been mm-hmm. a CA for like thirteen years. Um, I walked in, and I was like, "Cool, we're going to get this place busier," and mm-hmm. she was super on board with that. Cool. Man. Um, she's the type of CA that does everything for you, right? Mm-hmm. She like, she's super prepared. Everything's where it needs to be. She does everything. Our pre and post shifts are like two to five minutes because she's just onto everything. It's super quick. Amazing. Yeah. So that, that was, that was quite, um, that made life easier. Mm-hmm. And she, we started doing TRP, um, training with her yep, yep, yep. and Cairo life training, but you know, they're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she was like, Oh, this is all the stuff we used to do when we're seeing 400 a week. Yeah. So it was just relearning some stuff for her mm. and she was super, super stoked about it. We, we were, it's a multidisciplinary practice. So our room was down the back um, of this long hallway. There was two tables, but the Cairo that I took over from, he used one, um, one table at a time. He booked only ever two across. Um, people had come in and sit down, take their shoes off, have a massive chat with him, then jump on the table. Mm. So we moved from that room down to the front room, which is right opposite the, the desk. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah. So we just, that practice was a lot easier for yep. the transition. Mm. So um, the only thing with that is that practice has a really low um, IC rate, new client yeah. rate, practice member rate. Yeah. So average is one to two or averaged one to two ICs a week. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the big challenge there. Whereas prospect. What is it? What is sorry, it sorry. So. What is it now? Like, like if it was it was one to two new ICs and new yeah. people walking through the door who've never been there before. Somewhere along the way, we had to in, you had to increase that and able to, to get that practice going. Like, what was that? What was was it more your energy? Was it more the uh, engagement in terms of the community? Was it external marketing? Like, what what is it sitting right now? So that we can decipher. Uh, probably around on average, sort of three to five a week. Okay, so you obviously um, tripled it and in, in, in times it by five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so with that, like, um, it's it's still quite low. It, it's a it's a tough area. Like, one, there's a lot of chiropractors in a really small radius, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're only there four shifts a week. Yeah, gotcha. And that and that's definitely something that with the challenges, right, is being open four shifts a week. So it's two mornings, two afternoons. It really limits when people can get onto us. Big time. Um, there was another practice just up the road, which one of my mates worked at and they were pretty much open all the time. Yeah. Um, so they got, you know, sometimes they'd get like 15 new a week. Yeah. Um, but they do five minute ICs, 15 minute ROFs. Yeah. Yep. They would just, they'd churn through them. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've just naturally grown, but it was just referrals and mm. it was just doing, we call them annual reviews on people. Um, Cause I didn't really have time when I took over. I think I was in Glenelg for a week or two weeks before I took over prospect. Um, so I, I observed the previous chiropractor for two weeks in Glenelg, then got in there and I think I was there for two weeks. And then uh, Mim called me and was like, Hey, can you do this other practice? And I was like, yeah, cool. As long as I'm practicing sooner observed the Cairo for, I think one shift I called Mim and I was like, get me in there ASAP because it's so far away from like, I'm not learning anything. Mm. Yes. I'm meeting clients, but even then it was just a really awkward sort of transition mm. um, mm. and introduction to the clients. So um, yeah, it's just been our energy. I think in Glenelg really like we haven't done a lot of external stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, we, we killed it with the the birthday promo last year yeah, um, yep, because yep. we had a really big, old client base. Yeah, man. Reactivation. Um, and Carol, my CA, she's been there for, she's been there since the start. Mm. So she's got that rapport with, with the clients that are coming back already, which is super, super helpful. So that kind of just kickstarted it all for us. Yeah. I think the reason why I wanted to ask that question was obviously like the, every single practice has this unique way of growing. You know, how, yeah. how I grow my practice is going to be, might be completely different from how you grow your practice. So it's always good to sort of delve in and be like, well, it was only getting one or two um, news a week. And, and you probably found out yourself that you don't need 20, 30. Uh, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, exactly. It's like too it's, much energy. It's way too much energy, especially if you're yep. going from two practices, but you don't necessarily need 20, 30 um, new, new ICs coming in to grow a practice. Yep. And the thing is that the internal referrals, the people that, that, that get their loved ones in are the ones that are going to grow your practice. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it's just, and then it was in, uh, implementing better results faster. Mm. Um, I think for me, like my actual referral rate from BRF talks, like at the talk or people that are like, Hey, this person needs to come pretty low. Yeah. But what I, and that's been sort of throughout my whole yeah short career so far is not a lot of people like, Oh, I've absolutely got to get this person booked in right then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I always find is retention is such a good retention um, tool for them. Mm-hmm. They really understand why they're coming in, mm-hmm. but then those people further down the line, whether it's, you know, P one, P two, or just randomly throughout care, it gets their minds ticking and they're more likely to be like, Oh, I've actually got this friend mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's got this can chiropractic help. So um, that's probably a big part of that general uh, sort of uh, organic um, just lift in ICs. It's making peace with the fact that you're not going to get instant gratification straight away when you're doing yeah. anything like that. If that makes yeah. sense, like like we, we we always talk about like sometimes people do a screening or, or a talk and they're like we booked in zero people, but then down the track you're the, probably the first person they reach out to when they have questions or when they have issues. Yeah, you know, and that's worth the investment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you know, like with my better results faster, I do talk about it like base level nutrition, exercise, sleep, mm. um, some base level stuff because I'm like, hey, if people can actually one going through that stuff keeps 
I don't have to do it in my visit to visit, mm-hmm. right? Table talk. So there's that, but it also keeps me, uh, it keeps people accountable. So like, you know, if they aren't getting the results and you can be like, Hey, what have you changed lifestyle wise? Right. You've come yeah. to the better results faster talk. Yeah. Um, but as well, people, I think genuinely know that I'm seeing my passion when I talk. Mm. That's a big sort of, uh, that's a, often a lot of feedback that I get is passion and that I care a lot when I'm presenting. Yeah. Um, so I think people just go, oh, okay, this guy, one, loves what he does, really cares about us and knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it's a, it's, so I think, it's a beautiful combination between empathy and certainty. Yeah, exactly. So I like, suppose it's that whole uh, no like trust sort of thing. And yeah. that's what, that's, yeah. I think what I gain, that's what I gain from doing better results faster more than you know, practice builder to mm. an you know, instant practice builder. Yeah. It's that people know, like, and trust from that early on as well. Mm. Um, and, and they feel thing, a bit more at pace. The thing that you talked about before was like, you know, this practice was seeing 71 week and then it sees 10. It prevents that stuff from happening. Yeah, that absolutely. Sense. And that's a genuine recipe of burnout is that when you walk into a practice and you're, you're kicking goals and then the next week you walk into the practice and it's like really bad. And it's like, that is a recipe for burnout because it's just shifting that energy from like one thing to the other constantly. And it's yeah. just not, it's not fun. It's just really not fun. It's like going into practice being like, I don't know what's going to happen this week. It could be good. It could be bad. Yeah, absolutely. It was like a bit of up and down. I like to check my numbers for the, for the week, you know, and, and look ahead and I was like, and then like look two weeks ahead and we had like five people in the book or 10 people. And I was yeah. like, Oh my God. Yeah. I don't, just, I, I don't do that anymore because I know that if it's a, if it's a bad numerical value, it's going to just going to destroy my day. Yeah. 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 Um, and then prospect was the total other, other end of the spectrum, right? Like, well, not total other. It was still pretty super low. Um, and people were just like this, this Kyra would be like, Oh, all they did is like the IC was like a bit of a physical exam and a posture photo. The report was, you know, 15 minutes as well. Um, and she kind of was like, Oh, your head's sick and forward. That's kind of why everything's going on. And the people were kind of like wanting more information and she put someone on like weekly that like, I'll oh, just put you on weekly or fortnightly and we'll just see how we go. So a lot of those clients had never really been exposed to proper chiropractic. Mm. Um, the CA, like it was a sit down desk. There was no energy. The CA was really introverted. Mm. Um, they had no systems, no procedures, and there were way too many shifts. Mm. I think they were doing like six, I think it was about six shifts a week. Yeah, it was six shifts a week, but they were seeing, you know, about 40 ish. Mm. So it was just like, you know, you'd see like five, five people a shift. Mm. So first thing we did was cut a couple of shifts back, change the hours. Um, and my big thing was getting that CA on board. Mm. Just being like, Hey, you know, I know that you haven't had you know, some proper training. She even said that she'd been a CA for five years for two different practices. And we started doing some CA training and she's just like, I've never had this training. I was like, what do you mean? Like, how did you get taught? And she's like, Oh, they showed me how to use front desk, which was the booking system that I had. And that was and how to answer phones. And that was pretty much it. Mm. So, I was just like, wow. So with that practice, we put way more emphasis on her and getting her skill levels up and her confidence and along the journey, mm. turned the music up really loud every shift to actually generate a bit of energy in there. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because with that, it's open plan into our reception areas, open plan as well. So it's just a massive space. So when the energy is low, it's horrible. So yeah. turn the music up, really focus on training the that CA up. Um, and she turned out to be a rock star. She started... Yeah, she was she was killing it, but she was studying something else and moved to Canberra to do a placement and mm. to, to get a job in what she was studying, which I was gutted about. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you, like what you're saying. It's like, it's like number one, you're you're really capable of actually well, two things. Number one, you're really capable of working as a team, and yep. number two, you understand the importance of it. You understand the importance of like everyone has a role and everyone has has their their their. I guess their, their their purpose within the practice or within the company, and you you really want to make sure that they they are working towards those traits. Yeah, I um, think that's one of the biggest things I've learned along the last year or so is the the value of team. Yeah, mm, um, yeah. and because when when Ivana that CA left, we hired someone else, and she she was awesome, like beautiful person, but just she was the best hire at that time. Mm. But retrospectively, she was she's the first person I've ever actually on hired and onboarded myself. Mm. So one definitely wasn't the the best person to be a solo CA mm-hmm. for our practice. Um, and two, I didn't onboard her as, as well as I could have. Yes. So yeah. um, 
yeah, so with, with those two things, right, it was um, definitely then we took a bit of a dip when she took over as the, the solo CA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, she finished up um, with all the mandates sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've kind of been rolling since start of December last year with fill-in CAs. Yeah. Um, so, hey, we, we pretty much maintained the book over that period. So I was pretty yeah. happy with that. Yeah, man. Um, but then now we've, we've got, uh, hired a couple of new CAs uh, and they're awesome. One's Aerolia. Um, yeah, nice. From, from yeah. up north. She, yeah. We know her well. We know yeah, her yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, so she, she's awesome. So she's yeah. come down. She only does my Friday Arvos because she's studying. Yeah. Um, but she, she's been epic. She's one because we're onboarding a brand new CA who she's a rock star. She's picking everything up really, really quickly. Um, but Aerolia has come and essentially questioned why we do everything. Mm. but not mm. in a bad way, just in a, why do we do it like that? It, it, there's a more efficient way to do it. So yeah. Aerily has been really, really good at coming in and amazing. I suppose kicking me into gear and thinking about um, why we do stuff mm. rather than kind of just bringing some systems in, getting comfortable there and just leaving them like that. I think as well, like it's a perfect fit because it, like uh, people that don't know Aerilia, She's just a wonderful person to be around. Yeah. So then when she's yeah. critiquing you or giving you a bit of scrutiny, it's like, it's not like she's trying to belittle you or like, you know, condescend you. It's just pretty much just like, it's, it's productive, but it's also quite warm and without feeling super uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and it obviously comes down to you as well and how you take things, you know, like you obviously have no issues with scrutiny and have no issue with a bit of criticism from an external point of view and probably self point of view as well. But it's, it's, it's always really refreshing when you get someone who has seen a hard, cause she was working at CAS, which was seeing, I don't know, like Adam was probably seeing like 400 a week or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So she already knew, she already had that ingrained to her and trying to transform that into you. I think that's, that's, a, that's, that's a game changer. Yeah, man. It was funny first shift. Cause Sarah's like, Oh, we've got the CA coming down from, from NT. Let's get her on, you know, one of your shifts and you can sort of see if she's going to be the right fit for you in your practice. Um, and Sarah was like, no, nah, she's a kick-ass CA, but like, just see if she's right for you. Right. Mm. Um, so she walks in and she, the first thing she's like, Oh, it's a sit down desk, <laughs> you know, coming from, yeah, coming from that high volume. And then I wanted to get rid of that, like change that situation since yeah. I took over. Yeah. But with the two practices, it was something that was just, I didn't, I just never got around to, and it was something that I always hated, but I just never got around to it. So yeah. within the next week I'd already replaced, got rid of the chair. We got it like a portable stand up desk thing to put on that desk. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Like first interaction with her, I think like well, the first thing she pretty much said to me was like, oh, it's a sit down desk. And so she started really yeah. changing and making the practice better from like the first 30 Cause, minutes cause, she was there. Because your point of your chain of thought there would be like, I know, and I have done nothing yeah. to get rid of this. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. Let's get rid yeah. of it immediately. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So she's kind of kicked my ass into gear around some of that sort of stuff, which has been sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sort of want to delve into a few other things in terms of running two practices. Like yeah. one of the main things you've learned in terms of running two practices is that you would probably do differently, not differently, but if you were to do it again, how would you change, I guess, the way you've, you've done it? Like what are the main things where you're just like that? That's something that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't run two practices. Well, that's a good question. I think probably something that I would do differently is just preserving my energy a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. I'm someone that is always, always sort of working on something or thinking about the practices or, um, you know, I get home, I'll eat my lunch and Deb's, she works from home. So like, she's like, cool. Let's like hang out for half an hour. And I'm like, Oh, I've got to send emails or calls or yeah, nope. planning stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really good on the weekends at switching off. Like yeah. as soon as I finish work, I'm like, no work. Um, you know, most of the time, unless something actually needs to be done, but just preserving my energy, like, especially when we're doing the birthday promo stuff, both practices did really well and Mm. it definitely helped lift us. But I'm the sort of person that just goes, yeah, book him in, book him in. Mm. Like, yeah, cool. Just book him in wherever I'll be here. Mm. So like on a Wednesday, I typically don't start like today. I don't start seeing adjusting visits until three. Mm -hmm. Um, then we got IC spot before that, but some days I was starting at 1230. Mm. and going through till like eight o'clock yeah man um so so probably that's the biggest thing to be like hey just make people wait you know there's Mm. nothing wrong with with that and that's something that i've uh, sort of made peace with a little bit more over the last few months and really working on training up our new ca 
Mm. Um, she started coming on and apologizing. Oh, sorry, we're fully booked this week. And I was like, no, nah, it's not sorry. You know, it's good. Yeah. But, hey, you know, we've got a wait list. We can get you on, um, get you in next week. But, you know, if, if mm. something comes available, we'll definitely put you on it sooner. It makes it worth it as well because number one, it, it, it just means that number one, you're eliminating people who just want to rock up whenever they want. Yeah. You know, I think that that's the biggest thing I learned starting out practice was just like book them in anywhere. I don't care. I'll happen to say back half an hour to have one adjustment. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Because number one, like, yeah, you, you, you are seeing more people, but in the long run, people don't respect your time and people don't respect. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that, I think that's the hardest thing. Like, but then when you say, I got you on a waiting list, I'm seeing you next week. It means that you can preserve your energy properly and it makes the wait fucking worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So it was just yeah, especially with ICs being like, no, nah, you got to wait, wait a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I was kind of like, you know, uh, mentally, it was like, well, yeah, if they go find someone else, cool. You know, yeah. They were they wanted that quick instant relief. Probably a lot of the time, they a, probably found it. Yeah. But that's, that's that's not what we're about. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's not what we're about. Like we're like in, inconsistency, repetition causes change. Yeah. Like if it's a quick fix thing, that we honestly like that's. It's not really what we do. And if we're, if we're already producing that kind of energy towards people who've never been to see us before, we've already kind of, we're already kind of lost. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I suppose it's probably that, like that, you know, better um, yeah, time management, energy management, but mm. then as well, just looking after myself. Yeah. More, you know, yeah going man. to the gym, like I, 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 because of working the two practices, I got to go to the gym at 5am. Yeah. Um, and I do that three times a week and I tried, you know, incorporating running every other day mm. and it was just burning me out too much. So I've had to really find that work-life balance to be like, Hey, you know, how am I going to keep healthy and keep resilient and keep adaptable, Yeah, but not overdo it and still look after my health. Big time, man. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing learning journey for yourself. And that's why I wanted to ask that question. It was just being like, I'm generally curious in how you manage that and the things you sort of learned the most. You know? Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't change anything different. I mean, hey, if I could have walked into like a practicing 400 a week, I'd probably <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do that. But yeah. um, but no, I've learned so much over the last year as well, just to, just around me as a as a leader um, mm-hmm. yeah, with man. with two different teams, how to mm. manage people. Um, I had to fire someone, yeah. um, and that was yeah within like three weeks, four weeks of taking over prospect. I was like, no, nah, you're not the right fit. Mm. Sarah was like, do you want me to do it? And I was like, no, I'll do it. Mm. So. Just, just yeah, lots of learning opportunities, which has been cool. Yeah, and it just means and that when, think, when those things oh, arise again, you've done it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's probably with the two practices, it's just accelerated all for me. Yeah, it's been man. like, hey, instead of being in one practice, you know, for a couple of years, it's just two practices in one year. It's just I've had way more experiences to learn and kind of figure me out as a as a chiropractor, a leader, and I suppose a person. Super hands on, hey, yep. super hands on, and I think that's that's amazing, man. Like, I, I think, oh, like. I don't think people appreciate that enough. Just being like, when you are super hands-on and you're all in, how much you actually gain from it. You yeah. Know? And, and it sets you up for the future because now you, you, you're not lost in terms of what you want to do, you know, like yeah, exactly. in terms of where do you see yourself in five, 10 years time and that kind of stuff, which is the next thing that we want to talk about. It's like, <laughs> looks like you've had it in a pretty, a pretty amazing learning process and learned so much being hands-on. Like you were saying, it's gotten you a better chiropractor, but also a better leader, which I think it's two vicious combinations to have together in terms of actually yeah running a practice and like what have you sort of gained from that and, and has it given you more clarity and where you want to be in the next two years, five years? Yeah, I suppose definitely being in one practice, <laughs> um, not too long-term. Yeah. Uh, again, just better work-life balance, right? Like in New Zealand, the good thing about that was I had every I had a, uh, Monday mornings off, Wednesday Arvo's off and Friday Arvo's off. So I had like a long weekend every weekend. It was epic, which is good because I lived at the beach. So I'm surfing and chilling at the beach, all that sort of stuff, right? Um, but yeah, definitely one practice. My, I suppose my goals um, is I want to, like I love PEDS, yeah. pediatric, prenatal, yeah. um, and really love neurodevelopmental stuff. Mm. Um, so I suppose like my goal in you know, five, 10 years will be being seeing over 60% PEDS. Mm. That, wow. That's really my goal. And I want to, I want to try and change like for me personally. And, you know, obviously there's some absolute giants in Australia as far as ped, pediatric chiropractic goes, but I just, for me personally, I suppose feel, feel, uh, philosophically, I just think that we focus too much on peripheral nervous system stuff with primitive reflexes and, and that type of stuff. 
Um, and a lot of chiropractors, not those guys, yeah, because they're, they're kick-ass, they're the bomb, yeah? Uh, but a lot, of, a lot of other chiropractors that see kids under-adjust mm. kind of base, base their care off symptoms with kids a lot of the time, right? They'll kind of go, oh, we'll see them twice a week, sort of six weeks or twice a week until their symptoms go. And as soon as the symptoms go, um, they start spacing out their care, mm. which when we're looking at like neurodevelopmental stuff, that's the time where you need to stick with it so the mm. brains can actually catch up and that neurodevelopment stuff can catch up. So definitely, you know, trying to, I suppose, have an impact on the profession in that sense to be like, hey, don't be scared to, to look after kids for longer. Yeah, man, especially because um, you've experienced it, you know, three days old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, which, mm. I, which I know is, uh, I suppose, a massive um, uh, a massive goal. That's probably more of a 10 to 15 to 20 year yeah, goal. Um, but I suppose short term, go up to the sunny coast. We're up there on the weekend. I'm from Brisbane. So, um, yeah, move up to the sunny coast because it's warmer. You better yeah. surf. There's, there's, <laughs> the sharks are smaller than down here in Adelaide. Um, but yeah, be up there, man. Have, have a good balance. But I'd love to own a practice with multiple docs in the same practice mm. um, rather than having multiple practices. Yeah, yeah, um, man. Well, I'm just more about, yeah, I suppose. And that's what I've learned from, from doing the two practices is I'd rather a bigger practice with multiple chiros in the, in the one practice rather than you know, multiple different sort of facets. Yeah. I mean, I think it looks like you got some crazy goals coming up and what I like to say it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure just seeing a huge story. And, and like we were saying, mate, all the big goals, please keep that visionary big and keep, keep, keep striving for that because you know that we're all sort of behind you and we, 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 we want nothing more than you for hit those goals. And if we can provide a platform for you to sort of do those things and, and get you closer to that step, I think that's a win, you know, and um, it's pretty crazy to, to, to see your journey so far and, and how much you've gained in such a short amount of time. It's such a short amount of time. Like, yeah, thinking- I think uh, <laughs> it's funny, right? Like, uh, like what you're saying, you know, b- before the podcast, there's always that sort of like, ah, like, should I, should I get busy or, or, you know, yeah, man. that extra little bit. And for me, like, you know, I suppose, um, my practice is kind of maintained where they're at like throughout summer with all the COVID stuff and yeah, staffing man. stuff. We've kind of maintained where we're at, but and I know I've gained a lot of knowledge, but as far as if I look at just like numbers and what I'm doing there, I'm real frustrated to be like, oh, I feel like I should be seeing way more yeah. um, because I've got big goals. So I suppose it's for me yeah, being at peace and be like, Hey, you know, I've learned a lot of knowledge and experiences and stuff that's going to do make sure that I achieve my goals in the future. But right now I'm sort of like, I just want to get busy. I want to, want to see more kids, want to make mm. changes sort of instantly. So it's, yeah. It's, it's always like constantly chasing. Like we, 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 yeah. I listened to something the other day and it was just like, it, it's really good to have goals. It's really good to chase after things, but like, just don't beat yourself up on it when you, when you do reach it. Because the thing is like, it's a bittersweet thing, isn't it? Like you're always yeah. like, I want to get busy. I want to get busy. And then when you hit it, you're actually, that's actually really underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like this is like it didn't make me any happier than, than what it was like six months ago literally but yeah absolutely it's focusing on the things that you were saying is is what's really fulfilling you know like uh, yeah i hit those goals and that's not the sole thing that i want to be focused on it's the, the things along the journey like i've learned about this i learned about that how great was that ca how great was ariella coming in and just being like let's change that do you know what i mean yeah like, I mean, how yeah. great is this doing a podcast with dom like just things like that like along the way the little things <laughs> like how, the podcast yeah. has a cherry on top <laughs> <laughs> i slip that in somehow hey? yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I think man like i think it, it's a crazy world out there and we always focus on the the, the the big things that make us who we are but the little things are, are so important hey they just and they stack up like they all add up it stacks up and it all adds up and that, that's the thing we should be focusing on um from more rather than less yeah absolutely man absolutely mm. it's time for our special segment called something spicy where we ask some random rapid fire questions to our guests and they have to answer the first thing that comes to their head will they be able to handle the heat let's find out first things first um what bands are you listening to the most at the moment what band Oh, I don't know. I'm actually sick of all my music because I played in practice. Um, <laughs> but I love, I love. Uh, there's a good Western Australian band called Great Gable. Great Gable, uh, I do yeah. know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CC. yeah probably, probably one of my faves at the moment. Yeah, they're pretty groovy. Hey, very groovy. Good driving song. Very good road yeah. trip song. Very, very yeah, nice. So yeah, so their first show in New Zealand, they played like 50 people, and they're just awesome dudes. 
Yeah, are they from New Zealand? Oh, they're from WA. No, they're, they're from WA, but they just yeah. came over to New Zealand, played like fifty people, and hung around afterwards, having a few beers with us and all that sort wow. of stuff. So. I think a similar band, if you're sort of looking to that kind of vibe, they're actually from New Zealand, and you might have already heard of them. But uh, Macro Road. Yeah, yeah, Macro. Very similar vibe. Yeah, very similar vibe. Some good music, man. Oh, I loved it, dude. Like amazing. So many good bands. So groovy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, next question. Your go-to pub meal. Depends if I'm being good or bad. Oh, bad. Let's go bad, dude. Let's go bad. <laughs> probably, uh, probably chicken shitty. Yeah, oh, can't beat it, hey. Can't beat it. Yeah. Oh, it's not really a big thing in New Zealand either. So. Really? Yeah, especially yeah, chicken parmies, but yeah, that's huge here, man. Parmies. Always say on the menu, like, yep, that's it. Game that. Yeah, you can't um, go wrong. <laughs> at the moment, you're you're rocking the car life um, apparel, but what's your favorite item of clothing? Uh, a singlet. Do you no wear that true. often? Do you, do you wear that often down in SA? Yeah, in summer. I've had the most of it, man. I don't like wearing clothes very much, so probably probably shorts because I'm all like in the middle of winter. I'll go walk the dog on the beach, and I'm in shorts. I like yeah. a jumper and a hoodie and puff a jacket on, but shorts. Yeah, that brings me back to the high school days. Hey? High school, always shorts. Never wore a pair, yeah. like a pair of pants. Always shorts. Yeah. Shorts yeah. and no shoes, but yeah. man, as little clothing as possible, really. Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, how do you like your eggs? Oh, scrambled fried or poached. It just depends on the type of day. Oh, yeah, to choose one. You just gave me three <laughs> then. <laughs> oh, I reckon probably scrambled. scrambled I, used to, yeah. I used to always say I didn't trust anyone that ordered scrambled eggs, but I, I've sort of gone that way lately. It'll get you the creaminess. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. gets you every time. Yeah. Um, I guess the next one is something a lot of people don't know about you. Oh. I don't know. Come on, mate. You can't be that transparent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm pretty... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no. I surf. Yeah. Everyone knows that. I don't know. Um, I think that's a, that's a... The fact that you can't answer that just gives you a big big reflection on yourself. What you see is what you get, Michael Paulson. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's I, you. I to, to, to a T. Yeah, I try not to sort of hide too much about myself. Like, yeah. yeah, what I, yeah. What I, um, oh, I got engaged in January. It's probably like a... Probably something like... I mean, I had no idea. <laughs> Congratulations, mate. Congratulations. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah I, uh, I don't like personal spotlight and that sort of stuff. And I sort of try and stay off social media. So yeah, not not too many people know except for our like close friends and stuff. That's um that's that's something that we don't know. Congratulations, yeah, mate. Go. Very we're very happy for you. That's awesome. Cheers, bro. Very, very good. Um well actually it actually ties into the next question, which is actually hilariously timing. But anyways, last thing you bought your partner. <laughs> Well, actually, it was a birthday on uh, oh, here we go. on the weekend. It was a birthday on Monday. So yeah. I bought a – well, we went up to this pretty bougie rest, uh, hotel a few weeks ago for kind of our joint birthdays. But, you know, still – she's like, this will be our birthday present. Still got to get us something though, right? Yeah, yeah. So kind of like a, a day, like a half day, like a spa, facials, massage, all that sort of stuff. Do you enjoy it? I didn't get it. It's oh, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> I bought her a voucher for that. For, uh, um, but the, the hotel was sweet. Yeah, drank way too much nice wine. Yeah, nice, and, nice. Um, woke it's up funny. hungover. <laughs> well, well, last year for, for my anniversary, we went out to a spa and I just didn't buy it for her. I bought it for myself as well. So it was like a duo thing. Yeah. Bit overrated. A little bit overrated. Yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't it felt a bit forced. It felt yeah, a bit absolutely. Soft. Give me like a $20 <laughs> massage in Bali any day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Play on. Yeah. Love it, mate. Look, uh, thank you so much for your time, mate. It's, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. And like, like I was saying at the very start, like I always kick myself when I say that we don't speak to each other enough. Yeah, yeah. It's always super refreshing, mate. It's always great to see where you are, where how far you've come. And you, you, your story is super incredible. And thank you so much for show, like sharing that to me, but also the people listening to as well. Hey, no worries, man. Thanks for having me. No worries. You have a great shift. Have a good day. And um, we'll, um, we'll talk soon. Sorry, brother. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're curious and engaged on what we do and want to find out a little bit more, please leave a comment, add us on social, or you can find us on chiropracticlife.com.au. We can't wait to hear from you.